All right, everybody, welcome to episode 43 of Tunes Mate. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And Ray, this week we have musical artist Luke LeBlanc. And I got to tell you, I stumbled upon this music once again. Mike Farley, he sent it over to me, and I was like, wait a minute. This music sounds really familiar, and I really like it, and I don't know why. And when I started interviewing him, I asked him, I go, what are your influences? He's like, oh, yeah, Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash. Then he said, the band. And I was Mm -hmm. like, huh, interesting. And if you listen to the music, it really sounds like a modernized version of that. Yeah, I took a listen to some of it. It just it very much reminded me of like a modern Dylan, um, mo- modern Bob Dylan. Voice has a very similar quality. The um, musical line's a little different, but his voice is very similar. And it's enough, the musical line is enough similar that, yeah, it kind of feels that way. It certainly feels like if Dylan were singing in a way, yeah. Yeah, and I know, I think Bob Dylan recently put out a new album, and I know he's still at it, and it's just amazing. I mean, I read a lot about Bob Dylan and his story, and I, I don't know, I just think it's fascinating when someone just picks up a guitar and decides they're going to devote their life to music, and I definitely got that out of talking to Luke. Yeah, that's part of it. He uh, calls himself... And he certainly marketed as a singer songwriter, and that's mm-hmm. a certain type, right? That we, it would, you know, became. Um, you think of Dylan, but the singer songwriter was a, a a style in music that we we're pretty accustomed to now, but really took off in the early '70s, especially. And uh, Luke is really kind of he stylized that way, right? He he kind of. Um, if you go to his website, it's kind of portrayed that way. His music sounds that way. I'm telling stories, right? That's the sort of singer-songwriter mm-hmm. style. He, um, It's kind of about his story, his story of picking up music and, you know, from a kid, you know, kind of getting into this and, and getting into Bob Dylan. He's from Minnesota, just like Bob Dylan. And that's, he's very much playing off of that style, which is a want to say it's completely uniquely american style but it's a style that's associated with sort of uh the american experience especially in the 1970s and uh emanated i mean it's, uh, there's a lot of it that emanated out of South, southern california um but you know came from elsewhere like minnesota as well and and upstate new york and you know you can name a number of places where where folks sort of cropped up from but um yeah he's very much in that style yeah and what i found interesting just talking with him was people in his family were really big into music, but no one played a musical instrument. So he was determined to teach himself and learn the guitar and just go out there and forge that. And and I can relate to that. I know you had a, a musical family, but I had a lot of music in my household, but there wasn't anyone playing an instrument all the time. And I think that's interesting when you just decide, hey, I'm going to solve this problem. <laughs> I'm going to go learn how to play an instrument. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I came from, a, a, you know, my dad played guitar. Um, he didn't read read a lot of music, but he played guitar. He, you know, he knew chord. He could look at a chord, uh, 
a sheet of music and, and the chords that it gave him. And he, he played that. And he, we grew up with him playing his 12, his 12 string acoustic guitar and singing songs. And by the time I was in high school, I kind of, I was in band and had learned how to read music in band, both the treble and the bass clefs. And, you know, those are the two major ones you use in, in a lot of pop music. And, got enough exposure to it and and that becomes part of the catalyst for it that that you okay you got this interest and then a lot of times you got to teach yourself you know you uh, I remember in high school I, I didn't have like a music theory class I could take in school so I went and got books and started teaching myself about the first and the fourth and the fifth and then you add the third and you add the sixth and you, you know you know how a minor chord works in relationship to a major or man, minor scale works in relationship to a major scale and um and one of the first things i I, pro- I think i've talked about this on the podcast before one of the one of the ways that i really sort of developed things was i took the chords that my dad played you know the the six strings of the guitar here's what a d is here's what a g is here's what a c is here's what an f is and i just played those out on a on a piano because I was I I wasn't real good with a guitar, but I piano was my thing, and so I just play. I, I took the the notes on the on the guitar, just played those as a chord on the piano, and that's really kind of how I got started writing stuff and and kind of you know composing the i or the idea of composing music. And yeah, that's you know that's the the sort of way that a lot of folks I think get started, especially if they're not from a sort of family where they're classically trained or they're you know they're officially trained and. You, you pick something up and you start kind of messing with it and then you go teach yourself or you go take lessons or you do something to kind of help you figure out what it is you're doing. Yeah. You get bit with the bug and you, and you can't turn back. And well, without further ado, let's check out the interview with Luke. We'll head over and find out what he's all about. And then we'll see you back on the other side. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tunes Mate. I'm excited today to welcome Luke LeBlanc to the Tunes Mate podcast. How are you? I'm great. I'm good. It's a little it's a little smoky here in Minnesota. We've got like a uh, smoky haze coming down from the Canadian wildfire. So it's a little interesting out there, but it's good. It's good overall. <laughs> well, be safe. Hopefully it'll be inspirational. Maybe you can write a new song from it or something like that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mike Farley introduced us and I'm so happy because I'm always about discovering new music and the goal of Tunesmate is to get us out of those doldrums of listening to the same artist over and over again. And I was pleasantly surprised to be introduced to your new album, Only Human. Tell us about it. How did this album come about? Well, um, my my last recording project um, before Only Human was an EP that I released in 2018 called Time on My Hands. And since that recording, I had just, you know, I had a bunch of songs that I was sitting on that, um, you know, needed to be recorded and, you know, <laughs> with some new sounds and some new elements. And uh, it just it honestly just got to the point where it's like, okay, it's time to it's time to make an album here. Um, so I, I'd wanted to work with Eric Koskinen, who's a singer songwriter based in Minnesota, but also a producer. And I'd wanted to work with him for a while. And so I emailed him and he said, yeah. And so, um, we, we just, I, I just kind of brought down the songs that I had and I, I kind of put some songs together that uh, sounded good together, we'll say, and kind of noticed that they all they all had to do a lot with, you know, basic 
human emotions um, that go along with being only human. Longing, love, loss, uh, <laughs> confusion, <laughs> all, all that, all that good stuff. And so after a while, you know, we, I, I kind of figured, well, only human's going to be the, the name of this thing. And, uh, so, um, that's, that's kind of how it, how, how the album came about. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I always find it so interesting how an artist describes their sound. So I kind of had a feeling, you know, when I started listening to it, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see where this is going, but I'd be so interested to understand how you classify your music. Sure. Uh, that's, it's a really, it's a hard question and it's, it's one I should have a, a good set answer to, but it kind of changes in my mind every so often too. But if mm-hmm. I were to classify, I, I think it's, um, I, I kind of like to think of it as like, it is, it is what it is kind of music. You know, I, I, it's, it's got a little bit of folk. It's got a little bit of rock. Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of Americana. It's even got a little, I don't know, maybe funk at some points, um, a little bit of country mm-hmm. here and there. Um, so, I mean, it technically it kind of falls into, into that Americana folk rock um, vein. But I, I, I kind of like how um, so far we've been able to take the music where wherever the song wants it to go, I suppose. So is what it is kind of music. We'll go with that. You know, I landed on that, too. And I found the album. I mean, you, you kick off with driving, which just hits you right with in your face. And then once, you know, there's a bunch of songs in there that stood out to me. But, you know, there was a song in here. And I think it's the way it goes that really touched me. I mean, it had... You know, it's just interesting how that song came together. What's the story behind that one? That one, I, I that one I wrote about five, six years ago. Um, I think I was in college at the time, and it would it was just a kind of speck of an idea. Um, but I, I think the story kind of the story seeps in from well, when my dad was a teenager, and and he was kind of in the era where hopping freight trains was still a a viable thing, you know, for people to do. And I mean, people still kind of do it a little bit today, but it was a bit more around (laughs) then. Um, He, he, he would hop freight trains around the country when he was like a teenager. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of story, um, a lot of only human kind of stories that go along with it. But I I think just kind of thinking about him you know, being by himself, hopping freight trains and just, you know, in the era without phones or Google Maps or any of that stuff, you know, it's just you and <laughs> yourself. Um, I, th- I think that's a little bit of where, where that song comes from um, now that I think about it. What about, so I'm always fascinated as well as an artist, I guess, music creation process. You kind of gave a little embers of that song, but is that how it typically goes? Is are you reflecting on something that's from your life, or how does it start? I mean, do you just wake up with an idea in your head and it just happens, or what's your process? Yeah, sure. I, I think there's sort of two buckets that songwriting falls into. I mean, there's a million different buckets, but there's there's kind of two really big ones. <laughs> I, I think there's songwriting where you you sit yourself down and you say, okay, I'm going to make myself some coffee or whatever your beverage of choice is. And I'm going to sit down and write a song here in this next hour or two or three, if I can, you know, we're just going to work on something. And uh, that way for me, doesn't 
usually drive. I, uh, maybe a time or two I've written a song that way. But the other bucket is is kind of like thinking of songwriters as like radio antennas in a way. And we're just kind of like it, some some little idea or melody will kind of hit you at just the most, you know, inopportune time. And you try to, you know, capture that thought, that idea, that line mm-hmm. as best you can. And usually that's kind of how my songs come come to me i it's usually when i'm driving or i don't know doing something really mundane i could be you know mopping the floors of my apartment i don't and something will just come come to my head and that's that's usually where the process kicks in because then then it's like okay i've got a little whiff of inspiration and luck here let's let's work on this before it 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 passes i was talking to a friend of mine phil solemn who He's one half of the the Rembrandt's um, band, and we were kind of talking about this the other day, actually, because I was getting some advice on a guitar amplifier uh, from him, and he was he was kind of describing it as like the antenna, um, the antenna bucket as well. But there's all sorts of methods. That's just kind of mine. It's not really even a method, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a category. It's fascinating though, because you know when music hits, it sounds like. You just drop everything and, and this is this is the time. So I always wondered, you know, has it ever hit at a, a time where, like you said, you're you're mopping the floor and you just gotta put the mop down and then run over and grab your guitar? I mean, did that literally happen? Yeah, yeah. Um with that or I don't yeah. Yeah, no, that that has happened. And I mean, luckily in this day and age we've got, you know, voice memos or whatever app you have on your phone however right. android phones work i don't know but we we got you know all that kind of stuff and um so luckily luckily we're able to you you don't have to like sit there and finish the whole thing you know you could just record a little True. sample for yourself to come back to but then sometimes you forget what the next part of that sample was you know and then you're you're screwed either way so i don't know <laughs> Yeah, if I guess if it's meant to be, it will yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. And maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe if you don't remember it, maybe it just wasn't a memorable song, and that's a good thing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's inspiration happens, and I guess you you got to pick up where it left off. And that that you know gets me to the my next point, which is you know I'm you know looking at all the songs off this album. Just wondered if you'd be willing to share yeah, one today. I'd be I'd be happy to. Um, how about? Uh, how about good times gone? Excellent. All right. Well, I got the I got the guitar all tuned up. So uh, here it goes. If you're gonna lay it on me now, lay it on. If you're gonna leave. No, leave it on my door Guess I'll read just one more Reminder of good times gone If you're gonna sing another verse Write it down Each and everything that you found I've done wrong Then you'll have a song and a reminder Of good times gone I think we could just hold on A little longer if we try 
settle. It's like wine. Don't let it fade away. Don't let it fade away. Don't let it fade away without another try. If you're gonna drive yourself away, take this along. A picture you can put on your wall of you and me. Then you'll never need a reminder of good times gone. I think we could just hold on a little longer if we tried. Sometimes love has got to settle It's like wine Don't let it fade away Don't let it fade away Don't let it fade away Without another try I want to start clapping, Luke. Uh, that's that's always a it's <laughs> always a good thing. That's a funny that's a funny thing about like live stream stuff lately. It's like yeah. we, you know, live stream shows, which it's like you. It's not that I, you know, you, you can't have people clap, right? But it's like clapping's a nice way to punctuate a song, you know. So it's like hard to <laughs> it's like hard to end a song without <laughs> punctuation you know it's like one big run-on sentence the, the concert becomes right it's like you need your own like clapping you know sound bite or something just to hit it you know? yeah exactly it's not like for vanity or anything it's just nice it's a period at the end of the sentence yeah right well it reminds me of a lot of those what, i guess 90s sitcoms where they had the laugh track oh, yeah <laughs> like, you know it's like wait a minute that wasn't even funny. Yeah, no, they they do. You've probably seen it. They do that like on YouTube videos where they'll like take out the laugh track of shows like Friends or something like that. So then there's these long thirty second what? awkward pauses, and that's it's that's what doing awkward. a live stream show feels like. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can't even imagine. It, but that's how you've been getting by through these times. Yeah, yeah. There's been a there's been a good amount of uh, live stream. Um, shows i play colleges um every now and then as well and mm -hmm. um yeah we did a couple zoom shows but they were pretty fun though i mean i've got i've got two cats here at home uh mini and Deanie, and i uh i always talk about them too much during my sets but it was kind of fun to do the live stream shows and just bring them right up to the camera you know for the college students to see college students always love pets so that, that was one benefit, at least. Yeah, and those college student shows, do you have to switch up your material, or what do you focus on during those? Um, I, I usually make them kind of the, the same um, same kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think uh, 
it depends on the event. Sometimes they'll have like a, some outdoor, you know, end of the semester festival type event. So you try to, at least I, I try to make those a little more of the upbeat songs, you know, something like good times gone might mm -hmm. not be like the most happy way to end the semester, you know, so we'll, <laughs> we'll do some of the more upbeat tunes there, but um, largely it's the same kind of, you know, sets as other places. That's great. Yeah. And right now, do you have any plans to, I guess, further talk about your new album or, or go out on tour or what are some of your plans? I know things right now are kind of up in the air. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was tough. It was tough booking um, album release shows. It, it was like I, I wanted to book a, a good amount of shows after the album came out, but but also be careful not to book too many in case things shut down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a juggle that everybody in almost every industry was dealing with for sure. But I was able to book a couple. We had a um, CD release party show at a venue here in Minneapolis called the Ice House. And um, it was a full band show and uh, that that went um, that went very well. It was really fun. And then um, went up to Duluth, Minnesota, um, another great music town in Minnesota here the next day and had a good show there. And then this past weekend had a show in central Minnesota and then uh, another one here in town, a brewery was doing an arts fest. And so I um, was able to book a good amount of uh, shows and playing a good amount of breweries and stuff throughout August and looking into September and um, and also working on a couple more, either like trio or full band shows that I'm still kind of working on booking for August, September and, and beyond. So it's uh, the motor is firing uh, as best as it can. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're definitely busy, which is great. And I guess for our listeners out there, now that you've you've played a song, you've kind of talked about you know the inspiration behind your album. I'm always interested in how one stumbles into this crazy music industry and what keeps you going. I mean, obviously you play guitar, but was that your first instrument? Is that what what sucked you into everything? Yeah, the guitar. Um, guitar was my my first instrument. I think what what I always say that sucked me in is I always loved um, listening to music. Um, my parents didn't didn't play music themselves, but they're they're both um, big music fans, and so music was always a thing um, growing up. But it always bothered me that I could listen to music, but I couldn't play it myself. And uh, when something <laughs> bothers you long enough, um, <laughs> you, you try to do something about it. And uh, so, yeah, I picked up the guitar and uh, started started learning how to play. And, and then I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I can listen to other people's songs, but I, I, I don't have any of my own. So right away, I wanted to write my own. Um, and from there, it's just kind of a you know snowball that just keeps building. And you, you want to do this, then you want to do the next thing and the next thing. It just uh, sucks you in. And if you, and I, I love... I love music. Um, it just kind of feels wrong if I'm doing anything else. Um, you just kind of let go of everything else and put everything you have and everything you can do into making music and and doing everything around that. Yeah, no, it's I can definitely sense that through your music. So what are some of the, I guess, bands that are on your list or I guess influenced you or are currently on your list where you're like, oh, I just I can't go without listening to that? Sure. Um, I'd say well, Bob Dylan, 
huge um, inspiration. Johnny Cash. Um, when I first started playing the guitar, I just wanted to emulate that train boom chicka boom sound with the guitar. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I know these are all older bands. There are newer bands as well, obviously. But uh, the band, the band, the band. You know, the yeah, weight the of band, right. Creek. The weight. <laughs> yeah, they're just one of those groups where you. Uh, I was I was messing around with the song "Rocking Chair" by the band, actually, just like in the hour in the hour before we we got on the line here, and I was just kind of messing with it and figuring out how to play it. I've always wanted to play that song, and they they've just got like five chords in in a three second span. It feels like, and you just sit there and you think like, how in the world <laughs> did they they come up with this and then make it work among five guys all playing the same thing and it's just they're one of those bands where you could sit there and study them for forever, honestly, and you'd keep learning new things. So, anyways, those are kind of the older bands, and I mean, I'm a big, yeah, uh, big Ray LaMontagne fan, and the Avid Brothers, and, and Mumford and Sons, and Brandy Carlisle, and um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I should stop listing because then I'm gonna forget <laughs> other. I can hear, I can hear it all in your music though, which I think is great. How you know, like you said, you can kind of reverse engineer some of these songs and it inspires you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That, and music's great to like that. You know, you can just keep just keep listening to songs over and over again and focus on different instruments. Yeah. We have a lot of games on Tunes Mate. We we have a call a, a game called Send Tune where you have to make a sentence out of an artist's songs. We have another one that we we do, we call it title title, which is it's the same exact title, but it's a different song. So, for example, I think I can see a future one in for you for which is, as you probably could guess, it's on your list. Only Human. So there's a song by Billy Joel, Only Human. So I could see a title title here in the future. It's like Billy Joel versus Luke. Oh, <laughs> in the future, we have one though up on the site. Curious to see which way you would go. It's Big Girls Don't Cry. So you remember the one by Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons? Yeah. Back in 2007, though, there was Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie from yeah. Black Eyed Peas, if you remember that one. Yeah. If you had to go up and you had to pick one, which which way would you go? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's hard. That's a tough one. It took that's... me a minute. I had to listen to both. Um, I'd go with the Fergie one. That's what I did, too. It was yeah. really hard. I was like, I, I had listened to both and I, I can remember the, the Frankie Valley. I could sing it in my head. I can't sing the Fergie one as easy in my head. But for some reason, when she belts out that that refrain, it's just so strong. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good I mean they're both great, right? But <laughs> no, I, I love the I, the Fergie version. And also just what a cool I mean Frankie, uh, that's a great name too, but Fergie, it's just a cool name. Fergie. It's this is true. Yeah, I think in the UK she's got to go by Fergie Ferg because Fergie, Fergie I believe refers to uh was it the Duchess of I always mess it up. Duchess of York, I believe. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> yeah. It's well, a little little nerd, you know, music fact there for you, but just uh <laughs> huh. Well, that's I guess I guess that's a good problem to have, right? If you're just that's so true. you're so famous that you you got to like be aware of monarch monarchical right, yes. competition is that a word take a, step, a step back <laughs> yeah well luke it's been great to get to know you your music i definitely encourage all our listeners you heard a sample here but definitely check out luke's album 
And Luke, that album is out now for purchase, correct? It is, yeah. If um, It obviously is streaming everywhere on Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Music, YouTube. But if you go to my website, lukeleblanc.com, and you click on store, it'll take you to a place where the CD uh, can be ordered. So for folks out there that still like to have uh, physical copies, um, you can you can order it there on my website, lukeleblanc.com. And I guess I while I'm doing it, my Facebook and Instagram pages, you can follow me at Luke LeBlanc Music. I've even got a Twitter now, and it's under the handle, It Lukes Like Rain. Um, so Love it. all sorts of places to find find physical copies of that uh of the new album well luke once again it was a pleasure getting to know you putting your music now into my rotation and i hope everyone else there gets a chance to check out luke Blanc's music and thanks for being on the podcast today thank you uh thank you so much for for having me and uh and everything you do for for music listeners and and artists so thanks mark you're welcome good luck to you thank you all right, Ray. Well, welcome back. It was fascinating to hear about how Luke really, during this whole pandemic, he's been playing virtually and then starting to book some in-person gigs. And I think it's funny how, you know, when you start playing from home, mm-hmm. all of a sudden things that are around you become your guests. Like, <laughs> here are my cats. <laughs> yeah, kind of. you kind of set up a... a... When I saw it, I've seen some virtual performances. I saw one, uh, Bowling Green State University did a, a thing back in February, a guy named uh, Philip Michael Scales. He's actually the nephew of B.B. King. And he did a, a per- live performance for us for the university. And I, you know, I, I, I was joined the Zoom thing, the, the Zoom meeting where it was. And he had set up this little like performance space in his apartment. Um, I think he was in Nashville or something. And he set up this performance space and and did his performance right there. My kids and I, you know, watched it and my kids were enjoying it. And it, it does, it creates like this, this different environment you do it. And like you said, you kind of, you know, one of the ways, one of the things that becomes sort of inspiration is what's around you, right? So we've talked about that before, the idea that you, yeah. you become inspired by that, that which you experience, that the, the stuff that's around you. Well, that becomes part of your performance then, right? So, you know, your cats become part of the performance or your dog becomes part of the performance or your refrigerator, you, you know, you name it, whatever ends up sort of being in that performance space. So you, you reminded me, you know, I think it's interesting how, you know, you're at home and you're, you're vibing on what's around you. And I remember this is years ago. I somehow I, you know, walked into a Snoop doggy dog concert. I think he was about done with the concert and they're like, yeah, sure. Just come on in, whatever. So I walk in there with a bunch of friends and, you know, on stage, there's Snoop with these, you know, Mary Jane plants <laughs> all over her stage. And, and that's what his inspiration was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fascinating how, uh, you know, you can just whatever, you know, strikes your fancy, you know, you put it around you. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of artists. And I did want to get your comment on this. Toy. I, you know, I did get Luke on. I said, hey, we've got a title title up right now. And we've got Big Girls Don't Cry. And it's Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons versus Fergie, you know, from Black Eyed Peas fame. And I voted, Ray. And I'm going to tell you right up front because it's on the podcast. I voted for Fergie. Where did you land? Yeah, I did. I did Fergie as well. What kind of get me with this song, and I talked to Luke about this too, is 
you know, I can right now, I can recite Big Girls Don't Cry by Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons in my head like that. But for some reason, I can't do that with the Fergie song. Like, I, I can hear it sort of, <laughs> but I don't know why I picked it. I, I guess because it's so melodic. It's memorable. You know, that it's funny you say that because, uh, and I remember voting in it and voting for the title title in. The Frankie Valli song actually comes to mind first. You know, when I hear the title, that's the first song that comes to mind and you can hear the big girls don't mm-hmm. cry right you know and you you hear that um so you you know you think okay well you know that's that's it then right but but i actually really 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 like that fergie song you're right there's a there's a melody to it there's a um you know when she sings about yeah i can't remember the words either off top it's of like head. a child but, misses their blanket but, yeah, like, like a child leaves a blanket. you know i gotta i gotta leave you like a child leaves a blanket and you know um the i there's a certain sort of sweetness to it right bittersweetness to it of you know the idea that i i need to move on and you know talks about serenity and clarity and right you know that what's best for me is this and big girls don't cry when you're an adult you deal with this right you, you you've got to be able to deal with it and it, it captures something and it, it does. So you mentioned how, how, how melodic it is. It does so in a way that feels right, right? It captures not only the, the sentiment, but a feel that goes along with that sentiment well enough to, to make a, a memorable song and, and just something that you just kind of sticks with you that when you when I mean, every time that's one of those songs that, you know, I flip around my, I do this all the time. I'm flipping around, the the 10 or 12 songs on my my easy dial and you know i'm in the car and and i'll be looking for just a, a song that i want to listen to or i want to listen to and i'll pass up even songs that i like just because no it's not what i'm in the mood for you know that's not what i but big girls don't cry by fergie is one that i'll usually just leave on i'll, I'll oh that's on okay i'll leave that on and then i start singing to it yeah, it's weird. I, I was just thinking, I know you do the, you know, it was five years ago, but I was doing yeah. the math and I'm like, that's almost 15 years ago, that yeah. song. Yeah, isn't it like, it's what, 12, 13? Four, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, 14, it was 07, yeah. so yeah, I was yeah, like, 13, yeah. oh, that's yeah. just, I don't know. Do you have a, it's 15 years ago segment yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you that... <laughs> I think we're it's time. Coming up on, uh, let's see. Yeah, we're coming up on Fergie, and we're, we're coming up. You know, my my favorite song from not quite 15 years ago. We're coming up on close to it. It'll be this coming year. Is Nelly Furtado? Say it right. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I was like, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh God. Kinda yeah. Like a. I, I don't know what kind of vibe it reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of like. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be there or something. Yeah. I can't even. It, well, it has a club it. vibe to it, right? It has a club yeah. vibe to it, but not a like, uh, not a a high energy club vibe, right? right club one hundred six point five. It, it, it's well, it is. It's like this, the light, you know, a strobe light, lights low, right? We're kind of easing it out here. And we're just kind of dance slowly here, but we're all going to be into this. I mean, I used to, cr- I mean, I would turn my car radio up that as song. high as it would go and that would come on. Like you hear the first, cause you can hear the first beat, right? right. And that, 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 you know, that first vocal in there and it's like, okay, this is going all the way up. And, I think it's the cleverness of Timbaland. And I think he was the producer of that yep. one, if I'm not incorrect, cause he was really hot around that time. Yep. 
And he just had something. He, he did that remix of uh, It's Too Late to Apologize. Like, they were One Republic, their first, when they released it, nothing. He put the remix on it. Bam. Yep. He just has yeah, a magic Yeah, and Fergie was, Fergie was the same time period, you know? And it was... Uh, and it, it, those are probably the two songs from that time period that I, like, most... Yeah. remember and identify with and like you know will continue to play to this day music is powerful and i'm so glad that you know the mission of tunesmate we talk about this a lot and you know luke brought it up is that you know, we're all about trying to expose you to either music that is new maybe you forgot about maybe you didn't realize because but there are so many songs that you miss out on either because they're not played on the radio or they bubbled right. under. I'm thinking about it right now where no classic rock station plays any of the new releases from artists that they play every single day over and over and over again, even though they have new music. Right. It's such a crime. Yeah. You know, that's something to think about. You, you don't think about that. Right? You know, if you just kind of pay attention to, to that, you, you, you think of these, these artists as their old music, but you know, uh, many of these artists are continuing to put out albums and they have fan bases that listen to those new albums. And, um, I, you know, and I'm actually following some of that stuff uh, recently, some of the, you know, the new stuff by old artists kind of stuff. It gets forgotten about that. No, they're still going and, you know, they're still cranking it out. It's just the classic rock formula, you know, like you said, you know, that that radio formula is it's based off of memory. So it, that's not their, they don't play the new stuff because that's not what people are tuning into here. And it wouldn't work. They, I'm sure that they have research that suggests this, but that playing new stuff by old artists like that just doesn't quite work. Yeah. Like I, there's one and I, you know, I put out a couple, I think I'm calling them like classic artists, you know, new music. Yeah. I put a couple, I had one with John Mayer, but I got a couple coming up where, there's one from, you know, Night Ranger just put mm-hmm. out a new track and you're like, okay, and it's, you know, it's okay. But I think it's interesting how, you know, all these artists, especially we, we talked about this a lot during the last podcast, this pandemic, we're going to get this wave of music and it's hitting now. I mean, Iron Maiden, I mean, they're all coming out with it. Yep. It's happening. And on radio, it's definitely going to get swept under the rug. Now, to the fan bases, they're they're probably cranking it. <laughs> yeah, if you look at um, Billboard, uh, the Billboard charts for like rock music, um, not like adult contemporary or adult rock or or um, modern rock or you know alternate alternative, but rock, a little bit alternative. You'll see a little bit of this, but you can see stuff like uh, the Wallflowers have a new one out. Jackson Brown has a new one out, right? The, my Cleveland Heart. You know, these bands that, that have new music out and that are, um, that are putting it out. And, you know, they're putting out new music. And sometimes there's a little bit of play that it gets. But those charts now don't just chart radio. They chart, like, dreaming and digital sales and all kinds of other stuff that goes with that. And so, you know, it's not really a reflection of what's on the radio or what's on um, even, like, not just your local radio, but Sirius XM radio. Not It's not even a, a reflection necessarily of that. It's more of a reflection of what's getting hits on YouTube and, you know, things like that. So yeah, these, these folks are out there and, and it's part of the new niche market that, you know, you, you can, I mean, it, it always happened. I mean, everybody was always putting out music, you know, the, 
the guy, the, the folks in the seventies who hit big in the eighties were still putting out records and doing concerts to the loyal fan bases and the, the bands from the eighties were doing it in the nineties and everything. And now with, you know, with digital technologies and internet and everything, we can all experience that. If you want to, if you want to go search it out, you can find it. Well, check out Luke's music and we're continually putting new posts on the blog Keep checking that out. Subscribe to our podcasts. And thank you so much for supporting Tunes Mate. Once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we will see you next time.